What's up, y'all? Before we start the show, I just had a couple of quick announcements. The first is please follow us on social at Corporate Creative Pod. That's on Instagram and on Facebook. I do a lot on Instagram with engaging with my followers, asking questions, taking polls, and just trying to get direct feedback. So please go ahead and follow us on there if you have not already. Secondly, be sure to leave a review if there's an episode that you really have enjoyed or if you enjoyed the second season so far, leave a review here on Apple Podcasts. Um, just click the review button and rate us five stars. Again, the more reviews we get, the more followers that people were able to reach. And so I would love to see that happen. So just take the couple of seconds, leave us a review, and then go ahead and enjoy the episode that you're listening to. And then the last thing here is I am looking for new guests. I'm wrapping up my portfolio, uh, if you will, of pre-recorded episodes, and I would love to engage with new people. So if you are interested in being a guest on this show or you know somebody who is, please send them my way. Shoot me a DM on Instagram at Corporate Creative Pod, on Facebook, same thing, or you can email letsworkjade at gmail.com. That's L-E-T-S-W-O-R-K-J-A-D-E at gmail.com. All right, let's get into this episode. You always want to make an impact rather than an impression. You're listening to the Corporate Creative Podcast, where we're talking about becoming the brand and the business. Whether you're looking to advance your career or grow in entrepreneurship, you're absolutely in the right place. I'm your host, Jade I. Hendrick, and I talk with professionals who drop the gems you need to create the life you desire. So let's get into it. Shall we? What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Corporate Creative Podcast. And if you are new to this, welcome to the show. If you're true to this, welcome back. It's always a pleasure. Today, I'm super excited about this episode, and I'm really taking a student seat because I have a specialist here knowing all about what we're talking about today, which is real estate. I've had a ton of people ask me to do an episode on this. So um, here's the first one. Maybe we'll do a a series, a small series about real estate and all the different options in this field. But um, our first guest in this space is Keneal Warner, and I'm going to just allow him to introduce himself. So Keneal, welcome to the show. Uh, good afternoon and thank you thank you so so much actually i want to say this is a testimony because it's my first podcast and i just want to say thank you so much and yes so my name is keneal keneal warner i'm currently in orlando florida uh, born and raised in harlem new york uh, i'm excited to have you here too so and i'm glad this is your first podcast episode hopefully this is the start to many many more yes 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 looking forward all righty so let's kick it off and talk about your career journey. Where did you start? You know, talk about where you went to school and then kind of where you are up to this point. First and foremost, uh, born and raised, like I said, in Harlem, New York. To me, everything growing up, a uh, single parent household, my mother always had me after school programs. So anything that I've seen was always in Harlem is very flashy. Everybody have to go out there and go get it, has to have the latest stuff. And I said, when I get older, I want that same experience. My mother always felt like, you know, she wanted me very far away from the area I was at. I was blessed to go to a Catholic school specialized in sports. I played football, basketball, as well as baseball. I was blessed enough with um, my roommates who were seven-day Adventists, and I attended Oakwood University in Huntsville, Alabama, where I studied healthcare administration. I've always had this goal in mind that I wanted to be uh, and study healthcare administration to be the, the CEO, have my, the desk by the window looking at the water side. Um, I was blessed to have an internship here. Um, I never wanted to leave. I gathered up two months rent uh, working in a mattress mattress firm in Huntsville. I said, I'm not going back home. I want to show to my parents that I could do this. 
uh, went to Orlando, Florida, and I just worked and I hustled and I hustled. Worked two jobs to put myself through um, school, got my uh, master's in uh, management and leadership, but it just wasn't enough. Um, growing up, my mother always told me, you never want to be left behind. You always want to make an impact rather than an impression. So for me, what is something that I could give back to, um, back to the community? What is something that my mother could say, you know what, you got this. And just around the time somebody came up to me and was like, you know what, you ever thought of real estate, you have a nice sales pitch. You still have some more grooming to do, but why not real estate? I brushed it off. I said, no, I'm going to be this, this big CEO, nice shirt and tie, the beautiful view. I had this vision. Um, what was the little bit of the downside to steering away from that and becoming my own entrepreneur was um, I was handing my uh, master's degree over and I had a 54 cent raise. And I said, hmm, of course, you know, I get a little bit upset at myself and I wanted to leave. Still contacted that lady who's now my mentor, who's taught me so much. And she has introduced to me real estate, not only just real estate where it comes to residential, commercial, or agriculture, she really taught me the definition of land. And I've never come across, you see these shows, you see the podcasts, and you always hear residential, but do we hear about vacant lots? Do we hear about wetlands? Do we hear about endangered species? And she has educated me on that so much. And I say, you know what? This was heaven sent, God sent. And this is something I want to pursue moving forward and educate as much people as I can on it. That's awesome. Um, I want to backtrack a little bit only because I think it's interesting how you went from healthcare administration into real estate. You talked about the whole idea of like, or how you got to really wrap your mind around um, this new career opportunity for you. What Mm -hmm. was it about, what did you enjoy about healthcare administration, first of all? And then what was it about where you were that is that you decided to make a, a complete shift into a completely different industry? interacting interacting with strangers right to me that's one of the the biggest some people may steer away from it i'm a people's person you know um i'm an extrovert to the most high but interacting with those they come in nervous they don't know what is taking place they're paying for an insurance that has no clue what how much they're going to pay as far as a, a deductible co-insurance or a copay then you try to you know relate to them bring them down so you know everything's okay my name is Kenil. it was that right then i was developing myself a sales pitch and I said, what is stopping me from moving and transitioning to real estate? I do the same thing, but this time it's a difference between working for someone, right now I was working with someone. And I felt the difference, you know, working for someone, I work for an, a corporation. I have a task and productivity I have to hit. And for me, it's a little bit dragging because physically you can achieve these and maybe it's not too good enough. Maybe you didn't hit that quota. And you really beat yourself up. And I was a little bit ashamed of hearing the defeat. I felt defeated. But within real estate, you work with people. You work, you, although you work by yourself, if you don't sell, you do not eat. That's, I've always been, that's my sell pitch. But that was the difference why I wanted to transition. I was like, you know what? I can make my own schedule. I can relate to people different just hitting a quota. So that to me was a different shift. And I felt, felt really, uh, I, I exhaled, I shall say. I like that. Um, when did so? When did you actually get into real estate? How long have you been in this in this space? As far as um, with my investor, well, my mentor, she's also an investor. I would say a good two years going on three of as of August nineteenth. But as a, a sales associate for Keller Williams, who I work for and represent, uh, for a year now. Okay. 
All right. So about three-ish years or so. Nice. Um, so yeah, that's actually, three. okay. Three. Yeah. So that's a perfect segue into talking about real estate in general, just getting right into the bulk of this conversation, um, because you play both roles. You're an agent and you're also an investor. So can you kind of talk about the two different roles? Let's start with an agent. So um, it's I know it's a little bit newer to you, but how do the two differ? And then what do you do as an agent? So for me as an agent, I represent Keller Williams, which is one of the best decisions I've ever made. It's funny because there was two reasons why I joined. One is for my mentor because she works here at Keller Williams, but also two the abbreviations of KW as well as so my name is KW. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, why not? So going back home, some people may not hear of Keller Williams. They said, oh my gosh, you have your own um, company. I said, you know what? You're absolutely right. But now, of course, I got to explain it to them. <laughs> of course, I got to explain it to them to know this is Keller Williams. But as a sales associate, for me, the difference between a sales associate and an investor, a sales associate is um, the difference between a seller's agent and a buyer's agent, which you could also do as well as an investor, but I get to that. So as a seller's agent, you're representing the seller. A seller's coming to you basically um, bring it to their attention, like, hey, I need to sell this house for this and the third. What you wanna break down is, okay, do you have any open permits? Do you have the old mortgage on the house? What's a good price range you would like for us to sell this for? A buyer's agent is a little bit more, I don't wanna say simple, but it's more, you know, less paperwork. And for that, while representing Keller Williams, we have strong leaders that assist us and help us with that, which I prefer me being a bias agent because I love interacting, bringing that testimony onto a new person. So to me, now as an investor, I would do something called wholesale. Wholesaling is just a definition of same. You need to um, find a desperate seller and a desperate buyer and put two of those together. Some people may ask, do you need to have your real estate license to be a wholesaler as an investor. No, you do not. That's when, when an LLC comes into place, but I don't want to jump too further on certain <laughs> <laughs> But definitely as an investor, I make sure that I buy property, will have it under contract, and I sell either I could um, pursue to um, go forward with the project, or I could sell that contract over to an investor and get the, the middle of the money. All right. So the contract is where as an investor, you make the, you make your money. So basically you have a property from somebody that's trying to sell it. Somebody that's trying to buy it. You meet the two people. And so you put a premium on something to get the money. Like how do you actually make money on two people buying each other's like one person buying somebody else's property? It's funny because you don't use no money at all. Um, so we write up an as is contract, right? There's different ways of finding a, a seller and a buyer, but I'll explain that after. You write up an as-is contract. You write your comps. You really want to ask the seller how much you're looking forward to the house. And some people may give an interesting number, but you want to be, you know, be reasonable. So what you want to do within that neighborhood, let's think of five houses within that one block. You want to run your comps, comparisons. You want to see how much is the neighborhood going for. If there any value, if, if, not, if there's any value towards it, then you want to invest into it. Once you run your comps and you see certain numbers, you narrow it down to a number that you feel comfortable doing. But see me, I do mine a little bit different. I make sure I have the buyers on, on deck pretty much before I make myself <laughs> an interesting number. So what I would do is, for example, I will offer the seller 150,000. Why not? We're gonna give you 150,000. Here you go, take it or leave it. Pretty much, we write up a contract. I have 14 days to deliver in most blunt way of saying to deliver the money. Of course, we go through a title company. Then I do an assignment. It's called an assignment when you want to sign the contract to the buyer. 
but now I'm assigning this contract not for 150. I'm assigning a contract for 160. So the middle of it is what is it? 10,000. So that's what takes place. But you want to make sure one, your buyer is on board, and two, the seller is on board. So when you come to the title company within 14 to 30 days, you guys could close out. The seller gets the money, the buyer gets the keys. You get your money, and you get your 10,000. Yeah, I think that's an interesting process. Um, in a way, it is simple just because you don't have to do all the legwork of, in my mind, at least the legwork of like finding a house and going through the whole mortgage process as a buyer, right? You kind of just, you already have an agreement, a pre-arranged agreement between two potential people that this can this transaction can occur. And then you just kind of walk away with, hey, like you made the connection. Basically, it goes back to that thing you said um, working with people instead of working for people, right? I like that. Um, so I think that's a pretty cool concept. So let's, since I asked you about how you make money as a wholesaler, how do you make money as a real estate agent? And then um, I would think that as an agent, the potential of higher income is available to you, which is why the industry, that particular role is uh, appealing to people. Is that, am I right in saying that? You're absolutely right. So when it comes to a sales associate for myself, you're up a contract well with your bro, with the broker, right? It's a, it's a 70, here at Keller Williams, at my branch is a 70-30 split, where I'm basically sharing that 30% to, the, to my brokerage. Even when some sellers, you look at called, something called the MLS, it's a multiple listing service that we have access to. Sometimes when we look at the, you know, the broker's remarks, it shows what the split is. It could be 2.5, 3%, et cetera. You're sharing that 3% with your broker. So for example, if I sell a house, for 150,000, I get 3% out of that and I'm walk away with a check for 9,000. However, I still got to times that by 70, give my percentage to the broker. And it's different type of avenues that may take place. Now see, the reason why wholesaling can be the main attraction, I'm not trying to drift off because certain sellers don't want to share the money that they're receiving to do that 6% split because they still have to pay their seller's agent as well as the buyer's agent who brought the buyer to them. So for example, if, even if that seller is um, selling a home for 150, they got to deduct 3% of that, which is 9,000. And you have to still break that off. So what they're looking at is one, they're looking at 141,000. So that's why certain sellers go to wholesalers because they get the money exactly what they've asked for. No split, no run-ins or anything of that nature. So it cuts out all the other middlemen, middle women. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Certain dues, certain fees, they try to cut out as much as they can. That's why we may see signs for sell by owners because they want to still want to be represented by anybody. They want to represent it as themselves and may find an investor or just an agent that just takes that, you know, 6% and go about their business. They don't want to share the money that's coming in at all. That's interesting. So I would assume that you prefer wholesaling, even though you, you really like the company you work yeah. for. You really want to still, you know, put have your foot in the door. You don't want to just sit up here and say, you know, hey, what's going on over there? No, you still want to do a little bit of both. So my method to my madness, I'm not going to lie. and I have no problem sharing this. I prefer being a buyer's agent for Keller's Williams. And I really prefer being a wholesaler for sellers that's out there. Because once I sell their home, they need a house. Hello, my name is Keneal. <laughs> <laughs> and I go from there. So it's like playing to both sides of the fields. Now to find, now some people say, how do you find a wholesaler, right? To me, which I love doing is you could definitely do, I got different um, type of techniques, but you can look at them from an auction, door knocking, 
flyers, find for sale by owners, print out advertisement, and driving for dollars. Now, what I mean by driving for dollars, you're pretty much driving through different avenues, whatnot. Well, I'm thinking of New York, excuse me, <laughs> different counties and knocking on the doors to see if that home is ready to sell. Some may look abandoned, some may be vacant. Some people may go to extra mile and just say, hey, I'm looking to sell, what are you, what are you um, asking for? So I do a lot of those. Now, is it easy? No, it's not. Sometimes you may not get a door knock. You may do it, have a door knock, they may not answer. They feel uncomfortable. They say, get away, but it's perfectly fine. Yesterday, I would like to say I made out 27 calls, only got two back. That's the yeah. hustle to do to go get it, you know? Yeah, there's a percentage, and I, I don't remember the exact number, but it's like, you know, you got you to gotta have 100 no's before you get a yes or something like that. Exactly. Um, so I think that's just interesting. There's a lot of uh, tenacity that's involved with real estate, regardless if you're if you're an agent or if you're a wholesaler, because people will say no before they say yes, even if they're if they are in the market to sell or buy. I think it's just interesting how the psychology works. Um, that a lot of times we think we have to be like everything has to come difficult, right? Like from a from a person who's looking to actually buy their house, buy a house or sell a house. It's like I don't want to talk to you, but it's like, but you're trying to sell your house, so why would you not do it? I guess I have a random question with your with the door knocking or things like that. Um, as a black man in Florida. I'm just curious, like if you've had any kind of instances where you feel uncomfortable or people feel uncomfortable talking to you for that particular reason. Yes, absolutely. Um, this actually happened recently and I actually got an apology. During the, the presidential election, I live in Sanford, Florida. And within that area that, within Sanford, actually that's where Trayvon Martin was actually killed. And it's a little bit difficult. You know, you're hesitant because you walk out of the door. I always say a prayer and you never know what you're going to run into that day. So I was in a, I was in a, um, a little bit of a hiccup where I stepped out of uh, my car and went to go knock on uh, the door. Mind you, I've already looked up this um, home and it's actually vacant. Sometimes they will have a note on the door saying contact this number. I was just taking pictures for my investors. I love to take pictures of um, the house, the main attraction, which you want to do as an investor is take pictures of the roof. You want to make sure you take pictures of each um, size of the, um, the wing of the house. If there's any cracks in it, see if it's a good investment. So that's just my tactics of what I do. I always go for the roof. And a gentleman, I believe a neighbor who was Caucasian came across the street and said, I do not belong here. And I said, oh, no worries. You know, I'm an investor. Hold my name. So I went to go um, give him my card and he just allowed it to drop on the floor. I kept my composure because I kind of felt like I was in a neighborhood where there's not a lot of African-Americans. So I kept my composure and was very respectful. And he was like asking me like what he kept repeatedly saying, what am I doing here? And I kept answering his question. I see that wasn't going nowhere. So I sat in my car and I called my investor and I said, hey, this is probably not a good house right now. So, you know, for my sake. And he said, no, stay on your ground, still take pictures. See, He's Caucasian. <laughs> and for myself, a little bit interesting on my end, but he said, did you hear me? And he stood in front of my car, so I could not leave. So he called the cops. I was nervous because this is my first interaction. You see it on TV all the time, and you would never think this probably would never happen to me. I did. And that was my first interaction with a cop. And he was just very respectful. The guy asked for my information. And it's funny, I wish I had it on me. He wrote me a letter to apologize 
because he felt that, you know, certain people in the neighborhood has been robbed. So his assumption, he, you know, African-American in neighborhood robbed. That's what's not the case at all. I was doing my job. It's very hard. It's very hard. And that to me, it didn't stop me from knocking on doors. It just gave me a well aware that everything's not peaches and cream when you walk out that door. And that's the type of one thing that I put myself on the line each and every time that everybody not, may not be generous as you, warm, welcoming, positive. So you got to keep that in mind as well, but always be respectful and know who you represent, not only for your company, but also for yourself. Yeah, that's a great point. And um, thank you for sharing. I, I It kind of just made me think, because I know you live in Florida and just thinking about the things that we deal with on a regular basis and not to take this into a race conversation, but just understanding that um, some of the the things that we think of, I'm just going to knock on doors and I'm just going to be in this neighborhood and that neighborhood. Everybody doesn't think the same way. And I'm, I'm glad that it worked out where, you know, this was a very uh, calm conversation, for lack of a better phrase, or a calm experience where even though the, the neighbor was rude, the, the officer was, you know, did his job the right way. Um, so thank you for sharing that. I just wanted to ask, um, and that's just a note to anybody out there who's interested, just being aware of where you're headed uh, when you're doing things like this, going to look in different neighborhoods and being around, um, not to ignore the reality of the situation in the world that we live in, just because um, not everybody thinks the same. And of course, to Kanil's point, you know, you're doing a job, you're servicing somebody else. Um, and I'm glad that you also had an investor that was supportive of you doing what he asked you to do or, you know, being able to support you in that way. So, yeah. Um, okay, so back to something more positive. What's a win that you've had so far in your real estate career journey? Um, I could separate it professionally and personal. I would say professionally, it was a blessing to know within Keller Williams, I sold a home less than uh, 41 days and it was right out of our school. So we have like a program called Keller Williams University. They teach you how to, you know, put the proper paperwork or they give you scripts to give to the audience. Mind you, while I was in that month of school, I was already working on a seller that was from the hospital I was working at. So um, by the way, never burn bridges where you work at. <laughs> never burn bridges. You never know who. And that to me was a win-win just to know that they put their faith in me. They seen the grind, they seen the hustle throughout the, the hospital. And people still ask me sometimes, why did I stay so long? Because one, that's clientele. <laughs> Honestly, that is clientele. I work in the hospital and mind you, due to, due to COVID, of course we do things via phone, but still again, I always give it the nurse, which I'm very um, cool with, they give my cards. And personally, and people, those who know me, I'm very close to my parents. I'm very close to my mother. And I was able to pay two months rent for my mother. So to me, that was like, I just sat back and said to myself, my conscience, I made it. You know, even though that was my first deal, I could say with confidence, I made it. And there's more to come. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Congratulations. That's, oh, in both regards, that's amazing. So earlier you mentioned LLC, um, and I want to talk a little bit about Warner Estates and what your overall vision is for your business. Um, so first of all, obviously, explain to us what an LLC is, and then why did you choose an LLC over a different business entity? An LLC is very powerful within this world right now. Uh, it's, it's interesting. I have a little story. I was writing up contracts with my actual name and it was like, what are you doing? Don't do that. Because God forbid, if it goes south, south you can really um, affect your name. Go get yourself an LLC. I never knew what that was in my life. I'm going to get LLC, LLC. But then once I started to educate myself, when I see it on, on 
on commercials. I look down to Google LLC. Everything has an LLC. And I'm like, this is legit. <laughs> but once I start doing more of my information, so basically LLC is basically a business structure that provides limited liability protection features for that business aspect. Um, when it comes to it, it's not hard at all. Can you just talk through a couple of the steps you took to get the LLC? Well, the steps that I did, I I would say before jumping and getting the LLC, do your homework. Um, I did a lot. I did a couple of YouTube clips. I've asked others, and I read. I read all of. I read the site before I did anything. So, first and foremost, I wanted to cho- I wanted to choose a name that I could one day give allow my kids to take over. That a strong name, and I said my last name with the states Dundada. So with the steps that I did was, of course, you go to the IRS, you go through it, you click on limited liability because you want to create your own company. Now, what people don't do their homework on, make sure is a link on the link that's provided through the IRS. You really want to look, excuse me, Sunbiz, I apologize. IRS is about the EIN. I'm going to get to that. Let me back this up. We have something called Sunbiz here in the state of Florida. Your name is a little bit different for Wisconsin, but ours is called Sunbiz, if those who are people in Florida are listening. Do what do you want to go down to your unlimited liability, create that. Some people fail to do their homework on see if the name has been taken because I really could affect you in the long run badly. So I really checked and see if Warner Estates was ever taken. I had Warner Estates Corporation, I had Warner Estates Partnership, I had other ones, but nobody's never had Warner Estates LLC. You want to do your homework on that. Then, of course, with the steps of your LLC, they actually want to add on anybody else. Then thirdly, you definitely want to check with the business name and address. Some people choose a P.O. box, you can, you, what you can, choose a P.O. box, or you can choose your own personal address unless you're still going to be there for the remainder of the time. I currently live in an apartment. I did not choose my apartment address because I'm going to change it in one year. Once you do that, you, something called an EIN. That's from the IRS. You want to get that. That goes a long way within your career because say once you build your business credit with your LLC, say if you choose to go to Chase, Bank of America, PNC, they're going to ask for your um, EIN number. That is your identification for your business. So those are the steps that I've done to get where I'm at with my LLC. Perfect. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. So I want to talk a little bit. I think we kind of uh, hit this a little bit at the beginning, but just talking about different obstacles that you've overcome in general um, and how you've how you've overcome, like what mindset did you have to have? What kind of steps did you take to address the feelings that may have come with, you know, failure, quote unquote? I think defeat hurts when you don't get it your way right away. I probably have a New York mindset. I could be a little bit impatient (laughs) and it's like, you want to get it and get it. And for me, I had to ask myself, really, what's my why? I've always told people, my grandmother, very, very strong spiritual woman, She's told me the loudest noise is silence, right? The loudest noise is like because you think of so much within silence. And that to me, I do question myself when I'm saying, should I give up? What is my why? How long can I um, be filled defeat? And how long can I hear the word no? If I don't hear enough no's, that means I'm not doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> and that to me, I really sat down and developed healthy habits. That to me was the... the especially not only to say emotionally, but spiritually as well. I did say in the beginning, I am a seven day Adventist. Um, me and God has an amazing relationship. 
before I even wake up, excuse me, before I even step out the house, me and him have a conversation. Um, before I even close my eyes, me and that man have a conversation. And for me, those are the healthy habits that I have, especially when it comes to eating right. It's all about image in, in real estate. For some people want to be a, a fitness trainer. Ain't no way you're going to be on your break eating McDonald's and still trying to show somebody how to do <laughs> pull-ups. But it's all about image street. And to me, that I had to put on board my biggest think-wise. Think, think, think big action. Think, you know, times of services. What is your why? So those are the type of obstacles that I had to defeat, I feel. And I give one little story. Not only did I um, was received a 54 cent raise when I got my master's, I lost a lot of opportunities when it came to going home for the holidays, birthdays on FaceTimes. And I said, there's people within my age, even younger, that's on social media, having a good old, and they having a blast being themselves, but also investing, also doing real estate. And I'm like, what's stopping me? Like, again, from when I was younger, I don't want to feel left behind. What stopped me from getting to that goal? So I asked people questions. Some people didn't DM me back. It's perfectly fine. But I asked these questions to get me to that level because not, I don't want to work for you. I want to work with you. Teach me the, the, the steps that I need to do for myself so I can educate others. And those are the type of obstacles I've had. It took three years just to get right here. And I'm blessed for that. So I have no issues with that. For anybody who's listening, please write down your biggest whys that you still go out every, each and every day and put 100% in. Write down what's your whys. My whys, my mother, financial freedom, and I can finally exhale. Those are my three. I think those are really great points. Um, that's something that I really work on every day is understanding what, what my why is. I think your why drives you. I literally just did a workshop a couple of days ago and we were talking about setting financial goals. But one thing, the first thing I said was understand what your why is. You know, we can set all these goals in general, no matter what it is, a physical goal, a financial goal, a mental goal. But if we're looking at somebody else's target, we're, we won't, it won't last, right? If you look at somebody else, for example, we're talking about fitness and you're like, I want to be like her, but you don't really have a reason to, you know, get to that point. You're not focused on what it will take for you to get there. And, you know, starting at where you are right now to make the, and deciding what the steps that you need to take are um, in order to reach that particular goal. But um, I love that. I also love that your why or your three whys are bigger than just you. Um, to me, that's something that's really important um, because when it's all said and done, there are other people that are connected to you and to the things that you're doing. Um, and as a believer myself, like I think that um, the, our purpose that we have in life is is about the greater good. Um, and so I, I love that you were able to hit on, you know, your family and your legacy um, and the people that are looking up to you that you can support and reach back and mentor as well. So before we get into the final four, Keneal, um, let people know how they can find you, how they can connect with you, um, social media, whatever, whatever you want to plug here. Almost oh, definitely. So as of right now, I, um, my Instagram is 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 loading. Um, still want to put some information up there. I'm waiting on a big project that I'm working on, and that's when I really want to introduce myself onto Instagram. However, um, you can always email me at warnerestates.llc@gmail.com. I'm more than welcome to answer any questions and also give a spreadsheet of how you could um develop and start your own LLC. If you have any questions. Any quotes, I'm, I'm big on sending devotionals. I'm big on sending motivational clips, um, 
that's who I am. You know, Keneal Warner, warnerestates.llc at gmail.com. Perfect. And I've been getting on him, y'all, about starting this Instagram. He has so many gems, especially when it comes to real estate um, and just developing his healthy habits. He talked about it in general. Um, so y'all be, be sure to be on the lookout for that. But in the meantime, if you have questions about being becoming an investor or starting an LLC or whatever we talked about today, be sure to email him. I will leave his email in the show notes as well. Um, and then once his Instagram is ready, hopefully before this episode comes out, I will make sure to, to tag and link those things as well. <laughs> Most definitely. And, and I always wanted to say for those who are listening, um, we have friends, right? I have a group of six men who gets on my nerves, but they are they are my ride or die. They are the ones who uplift me. You know what I'm saying? Keep those around you that will support your dreams bigger than you ever supported your dreams. And I think that's to another healthy habit as well. I share my dreams with these six men that who, you know, give me constructive criticism that I could take. They give me ideas and it branches off not only for myself, but with them and their families. I've never been so much, so more excited to talk about real estate than anything. I could go on about the Knicks. I could go on about the Giants. But when it comes to real estate, <laughs> I get goosebumps because I feel like I can't, I have so much more to give. And I would love to share that with you guys who are listening. Please um, don't, don't hesitate. That's one of my other big ones. Do not hesitate to reach out. I have no issues on the phone, Zoom. It does not matter. I'm here. Thank you. Perfect. No All righty. You ready for the final four? I am. All righty. So in one word or sentence, how would you describe your career journey? I had to, I know you said, or <laughs> I know you said, or, but, um, the sentence I want to start off with, um, that I wrote down that I've heard so many times and I still live by it is, um, coming together is the beginning. Staying together is the process and working together is a success to me that I share that with um, my group of friends each and every time, because somebody once told me you could take a pencil, hit it over your knee. It will break. But if you take about 12 of them, it's not going to break. And that's how it is. You never, you want to come in stronger than ever. So that's one, that's my sentence as far as a career journey, sticking together, getting through the process and working it out. Now that one word, I want to say rich, but it's not the, the, the ideal we think of just financially. I want to say rich within the inside. You want to have that feeling of, you know what? I'm confident in the words that I'm saying. I'm confident in leading out a nation one day. I'm confident to being a, the, um, a devoted husband, father, leader, son. So that's where I'm at right now. I feel rich on the inside. Love it. You're lucky I gave you something to do too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next question, what does wealth look like to you? Financial freedom. I could sit up here and sit up here and tell you, oh, passive income, funds for the future, zero debt, but it's all about financial freedom for the long run. I'm blessed. This more estates is not going to be my only LLC, but what is something that I could pass on to my kids one day? Something I could um, share with my wife, something I could give to my friends and family in the long run. That's to me is the most, the ideal wealth, making that impact over an impression, putting your people on rather than just yourself. Somebody once, a little short, somebody once told me they don't, they're not a fan of saying the word climbing up the ladder. Because when you climb up the ladder, it's just one individual. The next person up under you can only go above you if they climb over you. 
And to me, you want to have that spread of that spread of wealth and of idea. I understand we say climb in a ladder. No, make sure that we have each one teach one. Everybody, if somebody for you, pick them up. You want to bring them up there as well. So that's to me my ideal wealth. That's what it looks like for me. Nice. What's one piece of advice you'd give to someone interested in getting into real estate? I know you said one, but no, nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's so much, but, <laughs> to, but to answer your question, I'll say, do not hesitate. Um, I'm going to be honest within the, the black community. We need to know more about investing real estate stocks, et cetera. And I've always was curious growing up in um, Harlem, how come on one block, there's three bodega stores, there's one Chinese spot, and there's one 24 hour laundromat with no black owners. There, there really isn't. <laughs> and to me, it's something where we, we have those who receive the information, spread it, share it. Don't hesitate to share that wealth of knowledge with somebody. That's why I cannot wait to share this information and going back to my school, going back to my community. I want to share this knowledge and wealth. You know, I took it upon myself. I, this is the first time I, I'm sharing this. Um, a couple of group of people were standing outside to, for Jordans. I ain't gonna lie, I used to be that person too. <laughs> I could tell you the tax price and everything. However, I sat there and I was giving out my card. The same money that you're about to invest into shoes that's about to go in your closet for a special occasion, or it's gonna sit in a uh, sealed case for just decorations, you can use that same money to apply yourself to doing a uh, t- uh, TD Amore trade, um, Robin Hood. LLC, invest in a seminar that can that could get you a thousand Jordans. That to me is something that don't hesitate to do. We as African American, doesn't matter which race. I'm gonna be honest. We have to know more about life goals. We have to know more about the um investing world. That's what I'm all for. And then, what's a resource that you recommend to my audience that will help them grow personally or professionally? I have two. No, I'm joking. (laughs) I would definitely say um, getting a habit. I'm going to be honest. It could be just one chapter a day or just one page. Does not matter. Getting a habit of reading, getting a habit of reading books that may um, put an effect on your life that can give you those paint those pictures, you know, and I will say, honestly, be honest with you, having that relationship with God, you know, having that relationship with him as not only with God, but also within the household, because those are going to be your biggest supporters more than anything. Awesome. Well, Keneal, thank you so much for your time. This has been a pleasure. I feel like I learned a lot and I'm hoping that this is helpful for somebody too. Um, thank you all for being here and Keneal, thank you for being here too. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Like I said, make an impact over an impression. That's the key. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, be sure to share, subscribe, and if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. Also, join the tribe and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Corporate Creative Pod. I'm here every Monday, so I'll see you guys next week. Love and light.